Hey gorgeous, this is episode number 243 with the wonderful Anita Nielsen. Hi, this is Anita Nielsen. You're listening to Heart Cells podcast with Christine Shlonsky. Enjoy. I am so looking forward to an amazing conversation with Anita Nielsen today about humanity and bots and how the sales process is going to evolve. Anita Nielsen serves as a trusted partner to C-level leaders, providing business and sales transformation advisory services through her company, LDK Advisory Services. She has over 20 years of experience, expertise, and business acumen in the B2B technology space. Anita is recognized as an industry thought leader and is the author of Beat the Bots, How Your Humanity Can Future-Proof Your Tech Sales Career, which was named one of Book Authority's best sales books of all time. I'm so, super excited to have the conversation with Anita, so let's get started. Well, I am so, super excited to have Anita on the show today. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I love the title of your book. We have to start with a book. Yeah, because it um, it really gives you the idea of humanity, so to speak, of being human in the sales process. It's yes. called beat the bots, <laughs> and sometimes we do feel in a sales conversation like the person is a bot, which yes, 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 depends on the quality. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit about it. Why, why? Did you have the idea to write the book? Like what was uh, maybe the challenge or the frustration that led to that piece of work? Yeah, I think there was many things. I've been working in sales and sales support uh, for many, many years. And I think over time, I've seen the role change so much and the requirements and the needs of a salesperson have changed. Uh, fundamental things haven't, but in terms of how much they need to know, what they deliver, and technology has been a huge part of it. So as technology has gotten more sophisticated, um, traditional salespeople that aren't doing something differentiating, they're getting more and more scared. And that on top of the fact that you read, I was reading several um, different pieces of research that said, you know, by 2020, 50 million salespeople are going to lose their jobs, B2B salespeople. And I just got very annoyed with that. And I said, that is not true. That's not the full story. Um, and so that just was always in the back of my mind. And then flash forward, I was doing a customer ride-along with one of my clients. I'm, I'm an embedded coach, so I get to actually go into their customer calls with them, which I love. And we finished the meeting. It went really well. Um, we, we walked out of there. We went to go have a drink. And so as we're having a drink, debriefing the meeting, uh, which is a really good conversation with this sales rep, and I call him Neil. He's also in the book. But you know, as a couple more drinks came in, we started talking more about, you know, personally, like what's our goals and things like that. And he, he shared with me, he really opened up and he said, I'm, he's like, I'm nervous. Things are changing. It's like, you know, robot can do what I do if I don't do it differently. And he'd always been a high performer. He never had to worry about anything. And now he was scared that he was going to have to tell his wife who hadn't worked in 10 years to go back to work. And I mean, that's going to really hurt his confidence. Like psychologically, that's a big blow as the provider. So of course, hearing that and some of the other things that he was worried about, my empathy sensor just went crazy. I was like, oh man, this is happening to all my guys out there, my gals, the salespeople that I work with and serve. So that's what finally motivated me to do it, to actually bite the bullet and uh, go through the process of writing the book. It took about a little bit over a year. But um, now looking back and, and getting the response and feedback from my audience, which is sales professionals, now I can say it's all worth it. 
going through it, I probably wouldn't have said that, but now I absolutely can. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it, I guess it's the same writing a book then and then selling. It's like all these ups and downs. Yes. The, most, the yes, the maybe, how do you deal with it? Like sticking to it and yeah, trusting yeah. that the process will somehow work out, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and, and it did for me, right? It was just sticking to the process, which that was a challenge for me anyway, sticking to the process. But it was, um, it was, it was educational experience, but it was also just a labor of love, I think, for me. I joke about it, but I truly believe this book for me is like a, it's like a love letter to my salespeople out there that I work mm. with and even the ones I don't work with. Like, you guys, this is what you have to do. I want you to win in the long term. So let's, let's get these things in your mind and help you do that. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, speaking um, of like writing this love letters, one of your amazing readers and someone who follows both of our work that we are putting out is uh, June. And he actually also yeah, put us June, together. June, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, you're a rock star. And yeah, exactly. so that's why we can have the conversation because people share about their experience in such a beautiful way that it inspires others. That's right. And, and people love to hear from others, right? People love to hear from others what they're using and what's working for them. So it's awesome that we were able to connect. Yeah, totally. So when we talk in like sales in, in general, because it's not just the professional salesperson that needs support, it's also all these entrepreneurs who yeah. are going into business for themselves and think they can make the world a better place with their wonderful gifts and really enjoy freedom and lifestyle and, you know, all the reasons why they went into business. And then they figure out, oh, all of a sudden now I have to sell my offers. Like I have to sell my products and services. Yeah. And usually it doesn't feel good because they are fearful of Change. having to be like the pushy person or the person that uses all the tactics and strategies to get the sale into the door. Yeah. Um, can you speak a little bit to those emotions and what, what you have seen and experience and, and how people can actually have a better experience when they are selling? Yeah, that's, a I love that question. So you know, for entrepreneurs in particular, I think when we come out, and I'm one too, right? I'm a solopreneur, I guess you would call it. And when you, you know, even if you've sold in the past, it's still difficult because now you're not selling a product. What you're doing is essentially you're selling yourself, right? Even if you're yeah. the, the leader of a startup. Now we know that it's the um, visionary that, that runs a startup. That's what sells the company, right? Everything else follows the process and, you know, sales professionals. But I think that's the, that's the thing I would want people to remember is, you know, who you are and what you stand for is your biggest sales tool. So use that. Don't go in trying to be somebody else. Don't go in trying to follow some sales methodology that you read that's you know, 10 pages long. Don't do it. Go in, be yourself. Let your passion as an entrepreneur, let your passion that got you there help drive the sales conversation. And people, people love that. People want to hear that passion. And passion resonates, right? When you go in and you are reading a sales pitch, that, that doesn't resonate the passion, the stories, all those things, that matters. And I, I say even to sales professionals that are B2B tech, I say, guys, you have to, who you are and what you stand for, that's what matters. And you have to find a way to take that and make it meaningful and valuable to your customer. So in either case, I think it boils down to authenticity and a genuine desire to help customers be more successful through using whatever it is that you're selling. 
Yeah, I totally agree. (laughs) So what what would you say to people that might be in the position that they struggle and that they really need the, you know, finances, the, the reward pretty fast? Because, you know, maybe in the sales position, they haven't sold for quite a while. So their job is at risk. And then as an entrepreneur, well, if you don't sell the same thing, it's not your job, but you have probably have to fire yourself and or go for a job. Yeah. What what would you say about that shift of the mindset? Because it's so much more difficult to then come in and just serve and be yourself when you have all these concerns running in the back of your head. Yeah, when you're running a business, there's 8,000 different things that you're doing at any given point in time. And I think for me, I, I kind of learned this a little bit the hard way. So I started off on my own. I'll just share my story. And I was doing everything. I mean, I got my first couple of customers and I was loving serving them. And then I was trying to build my website in the background, doing it myself, all DIY. And, and then, you know, flash forward three years later, all my business was by referral, 100%, which was amazing. And I took all different kinds of business. But then I sat down and thought, you know what? You don't have a really good marketing strategy. Like it's been a blessing that I've had these referrals and been able to get customer after customer, but it needs to be a lot more than that. And so way far late in the process, I sat down and decided to work on those things. But what I realized quickly was in order to do those well, I had to outsource. I had to hire people that were able to help me do that. Just like I asked people to bring an outside consultant in, uh, me to help them, it was the same thing. So early on, I think it's important to make those investments when you do have the cash, because later on, you've got the hustle. It's, it is. It's 100% hustle. It's making the calls. It's reaching out to people. And it takes fire in your belly. And you can't get distracted from that. So you have to have a system in place early on and have people that know what they're doing, do the things that you need, and you focus on what you're really good at. And if you're an entrepreneur, learn how to sell if you don't already know. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the most important tools, even if you're not an entrepreneur. Like if yeah. you really know how to sell, you you'll be better off in any situation. That's right. Everybody sells. I mean, I look at my kids, they're teenagers, they're selling to me every other day, right? Like there's always something. Um, but yeah, and then when you have those skills, which to me at the end of the day, it really is people skills. I think, you know, that's what it boils down to is the ability to communicate with people and to inspire people and motivate people. It's all those things. And once you get good at those things, I think it doesn't matter what you're selling, you're going to be able to sell it. And it, again, that's a function of who you are and what you've learned along the way. Yeah. So when you when you look back in your life, do you remember the very, very first thing that you ever sold? Like not necessarily in a professional setting, like ever. Yeah. So ever, I mean, I'm, I was one of these uh, kids who everyone thought was going to be a lawyer. So I was always trying to sell something. But I think probably the thing I remember most is when I was in high school, um, I worked at a retail, it was like a clothing, a women's clothing store. And back then there was no internet. So people had to come in and uh, buy their clothes there. And I, I was just doing it as a part-time job. But I think that was probably the first time when I realized that I- I'm selling. I didn't even know, at that point it was just, I'm going to be working at this store and doing a job. I didn't realize that that was the act of selling. And um, I, I realized I was really good at it. So I think I was very lucky that my earlier experiences with sales were so positive because I think a lot of people who don't do so well in the beginning give up on it. Um, mm. And I think it's, it's a profession where you have to kind of stay at it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's a consistency that makes it happen. Yeah. And it's um, even in working in, and I look back on this now, even working in that retail environment, I had a different approach than majority of the people there. Like they would, they would say, Oh, can I help you? 
And um, I would see a customer reaching to a certain um, dress, for example, and I'd say, the hanger doesn't do that justice. You really need to try that on, right? And, and it was genuine. I wasn't going in there to sell them. I was telling the truth that this, is, this looks much better on and people respond to that. And so before I knew it, I was beating the people that were full-time in that job and um, it just, I was like, hey, I might be onto something here. But I wasn't smart enough to recognize it then still. So I keep, kept on going and I ended up wanting to go to med school and all these. It took me a long journey to figure out where I belong, but here I am. Yeah, awesome. And do you remember the first time where you then received money and how did it feel? So the first time I received money was probably just before that. In high school, I was a swim guard. And so I got my first paycheck and it was amazing. I mean, I, my parents had funded everything in my existence till that moment. And it was, it was like $300 or something ridiculous for a month and a half. And, but it was the most proud moment because I knew that this was something that I put in the effort and work to get. And it was mine. And it also shifts the way you think about money, right? When you earn your own money, now it's not so much, hey, mom and dad, can I go buy this? Now it's, well... I work so hard for that. Do I really want to spend it on that? So um, that's one of the things I'm looking forward to with my children is putting them to work because I think that's when you really recognize the value of money and what it takes to, to get it. Yeah, that's so cool. So it's, uh, has it been always then easy for you to ask for the sale because it came so natural? Yeah, it's hard for me to ask for the sale, even today, because again, for me, I'm a consultant. I sell myself. And so there's always a moment where I'm like, oh, this should be a no-brainer for you now, by now, right, Mr. Customer, Mrs. Customer? But I do have to ask for it. And so that's something I've had to train myself on over the years because that, that wasn't natural to me because I just go talk to someone and I'm selling. I don't even know I'm doing it, um, which is such a blessing, but also a curse because then when you have to put discipline behind it, it takes a lot of work. And that's the part that I've been probably working on most over the past couple of years. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. No problem. And so when you ask for the sale, do you think that is something everybody needs to do, no matter how good they are? I don't. I don't think that you have to. I think there's a natural way in a conversation where there'll be a moment where that customer realizes that they have to make that purchase. And it's almost a, it's like they have to be able to answer certain questions. And I coach this to my sales professionals as well. You know, I'm a customer. I have to be able to say with confidence that I want to buy XYZ product because... I need to buy XYZ product now because I have to buy it from this sales professional because. So if you're giving that person all the information to answer those questions with confidence, ultimately that sale will happen. But you have to have the flexibility to, to know that and recognize this is a customer that I might have to ask as opposed to this is a customer that I know after our next meeting, it's going to be done. So that, that takes um, some practice as well to be able to do that. Yeah, because I, I have seen in the past that people forget about it to ask, right? Yes. They have this wonderful conversations or they teach whatever they teach in their webinar and then they don't, yes. they don't ask they don't, and people don't even know that they have an offer. That's right. That's right. And that, that happened to me. I mean, earlier on, it was like I would, go, I would go to a conference, for example, and I'd give my card and I'd talk to someone and then I would think about it. I was like, why didn't I? just say, hey, let's set up a meeting or, you know, why don't, why don't I follow up that way? But then I realized I was doing it. And so then I said, okay, this call, you have to ask at the end of this call. And so you kind of train yourself, I think, over time, but it is really important and it's easy to forget. And especially if you're someone who is, um, you know, who isn't as confident doing something like that. I mean, some people are born hunters and they have no issue going in and saying that. But I think when you're selling yourself, you're more vulnerable. 
And it's different to feel like someone's rejecting you. So I think there is some fear probably there. But once you know that that fear is there, you know that you have to work around it. Yeah. So how, how did you work around it? I mean, it was just tell yourself, it's like, you don't have a choice. You chose this. You want to do this. You know that your message matters. So go do it. I mean, go ask for the sale. And the other thing for me was I knew that if I went in there with these customers, I would make them successful. That's always my mission. And if there's somebody who I talk to that I don't feel like I can do that, then I'm kind of done with that conversation. I just won't bother. And it's, I'm good at really good at qualifying, right? I think at that point. But um, yeah, it's just, you, you have to tell yourself that this is what you do now and this is your role. So if you want to be successful and if you want to do the things you love, you got to ask for it. So that's, that's kind of how I train myself to do it. Yeah, that's so true. And I think that's something we all need a reminder. Yes. Well, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So we talked about um, high impact questions. Yes. I just, yes, yes. I just love that. Can you share a little bit? And then also um, we will have a link in the show notes and the resource section to actually get to some high impact questions that you provide us. Why is it so important to have these questions in the first place? Yeah. So high impact questions are interesting. I think whenever we go into sales, almost all of us learn when the minute we carry the bag, we go to our first sales training and it's like, don't ask closed ended questions. You have to ask open ended questions. We all know that, but open ended questions can be, they can help you get more than a yes or no, but they aren't necessarily always going to get you a lot of information unless you're strategic about it. So for example, if I'm um, an IT technology salesperson and I go sit down with a leader within a company. I say, I could say something like, who reports to you? Right? That's an open-ended question. Now they've got to tell me, right? You know, and, and that would give me some answers. But if I did that differently and I said, you know, help me understand your organization, your role in the organization. So now they've got to tell me who they are. They've got to tell me who they report to. They've got to tell me who reports to them. So it's just thinking that way of how can I ask this different to get me something more. Now what ends up happening when you end up ask that kind of question is emotions seep in. So if I ask someone to tell me about your role in this company, immediately I'm going to know whether or not they're confident in their role. I'm going to know whether or not they feel like they have an adversary in the company whether they feel like their boss understands them. And that is the gold. That is what I need to know to differentiate. I cannot differentiate anymore on just my company, on my product. I have to differentiate on how I process that valuable information and turn it into something that matters to that customer. So that's the difference. High impact questions are, are designed to get you all the information you need, plus the emotion that colors that content. And I, I mean, we both know the answer, but right? I just want to make sure we talk about it as well so the audience can really get the hang of it, so to speak. Why are the emotions so important? Yeah, emotions are so important because people buy, people buy from an emotional place. I think there's so many different things that motivate individuals. And you will absolutely have a logical, rational component when you're selling. But the emotion is the most powerful piece of it. And I think that's been proven time and again. However, you have to have both. At the end of the day, though, if you have to choose which one you really got to work hard on, that's the emotional piece because you've got content, you've got specs, you've got features and benefits that you can tell that customer about. But if you don't know who that person is and whether or not they're looking for a new job or they're you know, trying to get a promotion, you can't differentiate. That's the kind of knowledge you need. And people buy on emotion and they rationalize it after the fact. They find reasons to justify that purchase. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it's, I, it's so important. I always say like the people buy you in the first place. Exactly right. It's a connection, the emotion, and then they find the excuse <laughs> in the logical things. Yeah, exactly. The product or service does does for them. Yeah, well, like when you buy something, if I'm, I'm not going to go say to my boss that, oh, I bought this because I have a feeling it's going to get me a promotion. That's why I'm making that decision, but I'm not going to tell my boss. My boss, I'm going to say, this is going to benefit the company by X, Y, Z, and our ROI is ABC. So there's a, there's a major distinction, but ultimately what's going to get that signature is that emotion um, and that inspiration that has to drive them to make that positive buying decision. Yeah. And that's so true for every person who wants to sell something. doesn't matter the product. We, you know, we just choose the technology because that's the field you're in, but yes. that can, that happens for every single coach and healer, consultant, solopreneur. Like you got to figure out what the other person needs to be motivated. That's right. right? That means right. you have to understand the pain. You have to understand their why. Mm-hmm. And then if you can help them, if you have the right service, then you can show them how you can yeah. support them in getting over that hurdle. Absolutely. And I think even simple things like I, I've worked with customers in the past where previously when I was selling IT and you would go in and you'd meet with an IT leader and you could sense by asking these types of questions that and there's insecurity there. They're insecure about their job. They're worried about how they're perceived. And so once I understand that, then I know that my job is not just to sell them a product, but it's to give them the confidence and to show them that buying this product is going to help address that insecurity because they can feel the confidence that it is going to make them successful. So it's very much a, let me understand what their motivators are and their emotions are, and then find a way to, to talk about my product in that context and put it in a way that matters because of what that emotion is. Mm, beautiful. Well, thank you so, so much. This was so much fun. Thank and you. Uh, well, I'm so excited to have you for another episode so we can even go deeper. Exactly. And I do have a ton of more questions, uh, but I also want to drive people to the high impact questions that you will find in the show notes because they are so valuable when you read them, think about them and adjust it to your business, you will definitely get better results because you are asking in a different way that is more meaningful to the person who wants to buy. And then you can help them in making an informed decision because they now have everything they need and they know it serves them well. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much, Anita. For Thank for you. I'm so them. glad we finally did this. I'm so <laughs> glad we finally did this. Thanks, June. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Well, there were so many golden nuggets in this episode, and I really hope, Gorgeous, that this has helped you, right? It's different to sell for someone in comparison to selling for yourself, being your own boss and giving your gifts and services to the world. So I think Anita really got this across in a beautiful way of how we need to show up and how we need to recognize there is a difference in selling. And definitely the more human we can make the process, the better it is. Hop on over to christineschlansky.com, find the podcast tab, and there you will find her episode number 243. And I also have her back, so check out 244 as well. And uh, yeah, once you're over there, you have the show notes, the transcripts, all the resources, and all the links to Anita are just one click away. So hop on over to get your high impact questions, also to have a link to Beat the Bots and to have a link to all of Anita's social 
handles so you can actually connect with her. Thank you so, so much for having been here. Once you're over at christineschlonsky.com and you found the podcast tab, also sign up for the empowerment notes. That's empowerment right into your inbox where you also get the updates on Heart Sales Podcast with the amazing speakers and uh, yeah, where I also share some content that I usually do not share on social media. So see you over there. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day wherever you are in this beautiful world. And I'm saying bye for now.